My name is Bryce Kala, and I'm a dreamer. Both waking and sleeping, my rich and vivid imagination has been keeping life interesting since I was very little. So I'm going to share those dreams with you, and I'd love for you to share your dreams with me. Let's do this together in a little place that I like to call Somewhere in Dream World. everyone, and welcome to the Midnight Notion Somewhere in Dream World podcast, the podcast about all things dreams, both waking and sleeping. And I guess if there's another type of dream, we'll talk about that one too, as soon as we figure out what it is. My name is Bryce Kala. I am your host. I did not go to school for psych, but in the 90s, I did say psych at school a lot because that was the 90s. And that's how things went. Uh, Today's episode could have been brought to you by the Pilot G2 Pens. That's right. It could have been brought to you by a whole line of pens, specifically the line that is of the G and 2 variety. Now me, I'm a .07 kind of guy, but if you're a .05 kind of person, that's cool with me too. All I know is that if you're carrying around a G2, you two are cool too. Pens! Get them at places that sell pens today. Uh, Thank you for potentially (laughs) sponsoring this episode. Um, Hey, in this episode, we're going to talk about the longest dream I've ever had. As a matter of fact, I happened to have recorded it. I'm not sure how my grammar is on that sentence. Let's try that again. I recorded a dream. I actually phoned it into this podcast two years ago. It's long forgotten. I rediscovered it, and I'm going to play it for you on this episode so you get to hear this really long dream but before we get into that here is the news first things first there is a stinger for the news section now i'm using the intro for the lone wolf so if you like that give it a good old thumbs up if you think i should choose a different section of song Let me know in the comments. Uh, Really not much to say this time around this episode. Uh, Midnight Notion doesn't have any live shows lined up, but keep your calendars wide open for the last part of August. There's going to be a return to the stage. We'll take a little summer break, kick back a little bit. We've been playing a show every month, and it's been really fun. And uh, we just don't have anything on the calendar yet, so we're going to take a nice little snoozer and then come back strong in August. So we'll see you then. Uh, Date to be determined, but it is on our calendar so there's a little sneak peek for you a little secret a little uh announcement 
a pre-announcement announcement. announcement. Um, uh, In my life, there's not much going on either, uh, except for the fact that I'm working on a script. It's been a long time since I've actually written a script, and this one is for a potential stage play. Uh, There's no date for the production of it or the performance of it, but those of you who've been following for a while may know that I am part of a a horror theater company, just a little independent little production company. And uh, we're workshopping some ideas. And one of the ideas is my idea uh, called Cryo. And this is based off of cryogenics. If you listen to a couple episodes, we talked a little bit about how cryonics works and freezing bodies and what happens to them. Uh, I have applied that to a horror play. And so I've got about 40 out of the projected 50, 55 pages Uh, written. So uh, that's what I'm working on, a nice little script. Uh, Maybe I can share it someday on the podcast. Who knows? Uh, The last bit of news that I have for you is about Huge Theater, the improv theater that I call home or my second home away from home. Uh, It's the place that changed my life for the better. I was uh, not really sure what to do with my life. I was contemplating moving to Chicago. I discovered Huge, started taking classes, and boy howdy, did I ever become a different person. Uh, Again, for the better. The community is warm and welcoming and and just the it's reaching out into all areas of society uh, in the Lynn Lake area and it's branching out so far that they can't they actually ran out of space. Their theater only has uh, two real areas that they can teach classes in and some of their classes have 80 person waiting lists. That's right, 80 people are waiting to see if they can take a class at Huge each session, each time a class comes around. That's a pretty big deal. And now you can probably imagine that as a business, you would want the money of 80 extra people. So what Huge is hoping to do is to move into a new facility just up the road. This opportunity opened up just out of the blue. And it's one of those sort of jump on it now or miss your shot sort of situations. What they're hoping to do is expand their theater to seat 140 people from the current 100. And then this new facility would have seven rooms for classes, seven rooms for classes. So we would have all kinds of new options there. And um, I I can't speak enough good about this place. Huge Theater has changed my life for the better. I'm going to say this over and over and over and over. You're going to hear it on multiple episodes. A lot of the guests on this podcast are people I would not have met had it not been for Huge Theater. So reason number one is that they're moving so that they can expand their business. But reason number two is that they found out their current landlord is sending money to really, really dodgy people. And as a business, as as a place that is fostering a wealthy community of people of all races, genders, and, and all types of ages and types, anyone you can think of can do improv. And, and, and Huge is wanting to welcome all those people in. So you can also probably imagine that earning that money and then sending it to a landlord who is wasting it on really, really bad stuff. It's not a good situation. So they're hoping to get out of that situation and buy a building that they can own and keep 
really positive, good community art in the uptown area instead of all the commercial real estate that's going up in that area. So again, I'm going to say this over and over and over until it gets ha- until it gets done. Please donate whatever you can to Huge Improv Theater. You can look them up at hugetheater.com. You can use the hashtag uh, Huge Leap. And um, again, anything you have is more than enough. Uh, We would be greatly appreciative of all of you to contribute to the art scene in Minneapolis. And also, come see some shows six nights a week. Uh, This this whole episode is just a long advertisement. I promise we'll get into the dreams, but that's all I have to say. Uh, Donate to Huge, and uh, I'll see you at a show sometime. All right, cool. With that said, that is the news. Now it's time to go to sleep. If you thought my rambling about huge theater was long, wait until you hear this next dream. Oh my God. This comes to you from two years ago. Uh, This was September 30th, 2017. I was maybe two months into owning my current condo and maybe a couple of weeks into having a podcast. So I guess dreams were pretty fresh in my mind, though that's kind of been the case for my whole life. Um, I don't really know what else to say to precede this other than that it is very long. So I hope you enjoy this story. And uh, number two is that I called it in. I actually woke up. I told my phone to call Midnight Notion, uh, which it did. And you can do the same thing at 612-643-0944. Um, I actually had to call the number several times, four times, because I got cut off. That's how long this dream is. I talked for so long, the voicemail recording cut me off and I had to keep calling in. So I've edited out the uh, the spaces that were too empty or I, I cut it. I actually cut this dream down a little bit. So that's what you're about to get into. But again, if you want to submit your dream by voice... 612-643-0944, or you can email them at podcast at midnightnotion.com. The last thing I'll say about this dream is that the audio quality is not great. My voice kept cutting in and out, so I'll do my best to edit it so that it's one level all the way across. Uh, but regardless, whatever I have time to edit, uh, I apologize for the audio quality, but, um, Anyway, here we go. A very, very long dream. Enjoy. Hey, this is Bryce from Bloomington. I'm also the host of Midnight Notions Somewhere and Dream World podcast. I don't know how to even begin piecing this one together uh, because time has passed and I'm already starting to forget it, but... I had an epic little dream, a horror dream, uh, that doesn't feel that scary now, but it kind of just, it had that eeriness to it. Um, a few things were established up front, that there was a woman who I want to say is around 20-something that um, kind of has a sad face, and I don't remember what the situation was, but she is standing, she's very much, she's kind of like a Slender Man character that 
kind of just stays there, but eventually, like, as time progresses, moves closer, and there's, I don't recall what the rule was, but she follows for some reason, um, eventually. Uh, so, in this dream, at several points, um, I believe she was in the garage of my condo association, and she was just standing, and I was able to pass her. Uh, fairly closely, uh, no contact made, uh, but there was kind of a safe distance, and she kind of stayed where she was, but towards the end, she actually started moving closer, um, like following a little bit. Um, so there was my condo's uh, garage, uh, but then there was kind of an outside place that was sort of like a really, sort of a... Um, I want to say a treehouse sort of thing, like a, a high-end, like a Lord of the Rings treehouse city sort of thing. That um, doesn't fully describe it, but there was one building that kind of had a, um, I want to say like kind of a spiral-ish staircase, not spiral staircase, but you go up a landing and then you turn and you go up again and then you turn and you go up again. Um, and, and they weren't stairs, but like just wood, um, riser sort of things. Um, and there was a, there was a guy up at the top that was kind of a, an older curmudgeon. And I remember being in his little room thing place with him. And this is important, but I noticed a box of cigars, um, with like a note like a note or a map or something on top of it. And the events are pretty washed out from there. But I remember being in a courtroom and there was some sort of hearing. I don't know if I was a lawyer or if I was the defendant, but there was some sort of villain in this story and the um the verdict came in that the person who me and my group of people were against got off scot free and they were connected to this big mess and there was a moment of me sitting in there as the courtroom was clearing out. I was sitting there just thinking just thinking, and I think I figured something out, because in the hearing, someone had mentioned that someone had stolen some cigars and a map, and I remembered, oh, that old guy at the top of the treehouse thing had cigars and a map, so I was intent to go look for him. So, I went outside, and I, there was like a street. It was kind of like a, a pretty crammed little, it was like a little town feel. I had just watched Beauty and the Beast yesterday, so I'm assuming this is where it came from. But it was more modern. It wasn't like little town France. It was a more modern little town. And there was like some sort of um, there was a cop with me, I think. And we were um, we were looking for something. We had some sort of um, signal from a thing. So the other day I was on a fishing boat, and 
we were surveying the fish. Uh, this is in real life. And we used this um, this radio frequency to find where the tagged fish were. And there was this big kind of antenna thing that you point around, and that tells you where the thing is. And so we didn't have that antenna, but the cop instinct must have had something uh, smaller that had this beeping thing that I guess something that we were looking for. And so I followed him and it led us to this, this heavier set guy that kind of reminds me of a, I don't know. I want to say he was some sort of Southern Colonel sort of guy that was playing innocent, but clearly had something on him and was not playing along. I think he was in the court hearing, but I don't, like I said, every, I'm starting to forget everything because this was a long dream. And he was causing some problems, and he kind of had his hand in his pocket like he had a gun. And there was this really tense moment of will he, won't he, uh, between the cop and this guy. He was, uh, this guy was sitting, and there were other people around him, but he was sitting in some sort of rocking chair or something. But the cop was really insistent that um, he hand over whatever it is that he had and there was this just really tense situation and it was very clear like the cop's little um, frequency picker-upper thing was beeping like crazy and it was pointed right at the guy's pocket so um, the cop actually fired some sort of like it wasn't a bullet shot but it was like I want to say more like a staple that hit the guy in the chest on his the the guy's right side of his chest. So the cop was intentionally trying not to. Um, well, I guess the chest is kind of a bad area to shoot, but there was this sort of intentionally. I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to fire a warning shot. But it had a major impact. He took like he took it hard and was, like, yelling and falling and, like, over-exaggerating things. And actually, I don't think he was over-exaggerating because I think he died in the dream. But it was very sort of, we got him. And so it came to me at this point in the dream that we were looking for several of these things. This guy had one of them, and we were looking for multiple, and we needed them to get the court case, like, to sway in our direction because this villain was causing bad stuff. And I think that the court case stuff, or the, the villain is kind of inspired by, I've been watching Luke Cage recently, and the mayor person character is, it kind of feels like that's who the villain was in my dream. Anyhow. We were walking back in the opposite direction from where we started before we went after this heavyset colonel type guy. And I I wanted to go back into what I called the bar because I had this idea. I was remembering that the old curmudgeon had cigars in a map, and I, I was going to go look at those. And what happened was... I, I turned in, me and another person. Now, there was somebody else with me, and I feel like they kept changing who they were, not as sort of a creepy thing, but, like, just 
your brain jumps around a lot. So at one moment they were this person and one person, and one moment they were another person. So I think who they actually were matters less and more, um, it matters more that there was a second person kind of tagging along with me. I feel like it was the cop and then was, is now like just a, another character, sort of a tales to the Sonic and, uh, they were following me, and we went into what I thought was the bar, but immediately became my condo association's garage. And as you remember, as I said before, that woman, who that young kind of sad-faced woman, was standing in the middle of the garage, and she was shaking her head this time. And so there was this clear, like, ooh, this is not stuff is going down like one of those sort of as we get closer to figuring things out she becomes more mobile and um my my garage doesn't have a a visible like you have to go through a door to get to a staircase but in this dream the staircase was out in the open and it was kind of right next to her and i decided to take the staircase and the person who was following me was kind of like uh, visibly afraid of what was happening and i know that once i turned up the staircase and my friend was going to follow he stepped in front and started walking like kind of cut my friend off and became my follower like well was not close but was like slowly moving up the stairs and as i was going up all of the stairs which eventually became the treehouse thing and I was going up and up and up. I was on my way to find the the cigars and the map. And that is when I woke up to my fan and just the cold of the room that I am currently in, laying in my bed, calling this in. So there's my weird, crazy dream. Uh, look it up later. Play it on the podcast. It'll be fun. Okay, bye. All right. Did you get all of that? <laughs> did you did you follow along? That was so long and so epic. I honestly don't know if I've ever had a longer dream. Um, there's a lot to unpack here, so I'm going to get right into it. Uh, this There's something that really interests me about story structure. I'm, I've been reading a lot about it and listening to uh, video essays on it, and it's, it's something that kind of follows me along a lot, follows me around a lot, sort of like a sad-faced woman, and um, or the one in this story, I should say, specify. Um, this actually kind of follows the hero's journey a little bit, if you think about it, because they're, you know, okay, let's go over the order of events. So it starts with the sad-faced woman in the garage. Uh, I go up the garage stairs to a treehouse, find a uh, some cigars and a map, uh, but I don't take it uh, from the old man. And then there's a courtroom uh, where the villain gets off free. Um, and then there's a little town and we're looking for something. We come across a southern colonel. We shoot the southern colonel with a staple gun. Uh, we find some. We have to find more pieces to solve the case. We go back to the uh, bar, which turns out to be the garage, which turns out to be the treehouse. And the sad-faced woman chases again. Uh, so that's the short 
short version of it. Uh, I actually should also mention that if you're going to call in your dreams, maybe try practice saying them shorter because I did not track. I did not practice at all shortening that dream. Uh, so maybe we, we could get some practice doing shorter tellings. Uh, but anyway, that's the story. I say it follows the hero's journey because a lot of times, typically in a story, you'll see a character, they kind of leave the space that they know. In my dream, I have like an action scene at the beginning. We start off with the sad-faced woman. Creepy, ooh, Slender Man, something. Um, and then we go into this um, tree ho- house situation, and that's kind of the real... Um, Begin the really uh, I don't know that's the beginning of the story, uh, but we jump to this court case and that seems like the familiar world, but the villain gets off free, so that kind of sets them off onto an adventure that is outside the norm. The villain doesn't normally get off free, so we have to find something. We're sending away from the courtroom into a new adventure, uh, and then we find a villain. We have this trial. And we, we are successful. A lot of times in the rise and rising action of a story, there's success, 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 and then there's failure. And it gets real hard on the heroes. And they only come around in the end. Uh, but I had that success. We beat the Southern Colonel. It was hard. We learned a lesson. We got an item from him. This is just a Zelda quest. Got an item. Realized we needed more items. Went back for the map. Re, um, re-met the villain from the beginning and then uh, there's a cliffhanger ending so we don't actually find out what happens in this dream but I like to look back on this and go wow that I did a I did a story I did a hero's journey monomyth uh, Dan Harmon's story circle all in my head while I was sleeping and I can imagine I was probably tired the next day because boy what a workout there's a lot of symbols going on in here, and if you can, if you have any idea what some of these symbols are, feel free to chime in in the comments or, or call in or email in, uh, but I have a number of them that stand out for me. Uh, let's start with the Slender Man situation. In this dream, it was a sad-faced woman, but I do like Slender Man as far, uh, as far, I should specify what I'm talking about. I like the Slender Man game, which is called Slender. Uh, which is a free downloadable game that I ended up with in the late 2000s, early 2010s. Uh, It's terrifying. You can watch walkthroughs on YouTube all day long and desensitize yourself to whatever it is about that game that scares you, but the moment you actually play it yourself, it's horrifying. There's like no sound except for the crickets and the night and all of a sudden, this creepy guy shows up behind you, and he doesn't move. But every time you turn around, he's closer. It's terrifying. So I do like that game. I'm sure that's probably where she came from. Uh, the garage of my association, of my condo, uh, that shows up usually when you have a space you recognize in your dreams. I feel like that's kind of a space where you're comfortable Or in this case, it could have been a discomfort. I was only two months into living here. So the fact that there was evil lurking down there, I don't know. Maybe that's the case. Maybe I didn't quite uh, feel comfortable in this place yet. I haven't seen her since. I don't even remember what her face looks like. So clearly it wasn't traumatic enough to really affect me. But fascinating nonetheless. Uh, What else? The treehouse. I mentioned in 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 the dream recall that... The treehouse had a spiral staircase, but it wasn't stairs, it wasn't metal, it was actually made out of the tree. 
and there were landings um, that were involved. And I don't know really how to really clarify this image by my words in such little time, but I will say that I've been writing a book for a million years. I've probably already talked about it on the podcast. And there is one time where I had a tree house designed similarly, where uh, it was the inside of a tree. They carved out the inside of a giant tree in a spiral staircase with landings every once in a while. So I wouldn't be surprised if several years later, after inventing this uh, set piece for a fantasy novel that it shows up in my dreams for reals. That was pretty cool that it would do that. I, I think that's pretty neat. Um, what else? Courtroom. I don't know much about courtrooms. Beauty and the Beast, obviously, I mentioned in there. The little town was probably from watching Beauty and the Beast. The tracking situation was from a thing that I did the day before. And um, the I don't know. I guess that's most of the things. Oh, the other thing that surprises me is the fact that I was in a garage. It turned into a treehouse. And then later in the dream, like an hour later, I went into the same garage and the same treehouse and the everything was the same. It's amazing that my dream would actually bring that back again. I mean, usually in dreams, architecture, I don't, I don't want to say right out that architecture never remains the same. But I feel like your brain, physics and, and locations, all that stuff changes because it's outside of your mind. It's, it's just a visual. So all of that is sort of an amoeba that can change. So the fact that it stayed the same for me, that was really cool. And you know what's not cool? The end of the episode is here. Oh, if you've got a long dream, I want to hear it. I want you to send it to podcast at midnightnotion.com or phone it in at 612-643-0944. Uh, thank you so much for listening. This has been an interesting episode, to say the least. Uh, please donate to Huge Theater. We could use any any amount that you can give. Uh, and thank you to our could-have-been sponsor, Pilot G2 Pens. They really are the best. Just Just try it. If you haven't already, just get one. The next episode is going to be about lucid dreaming. I've got a guest who knows how to do it, so we're going to dive into that topic next month. But until then, my friends, thank you. Sleep well, dream well, and be well. <laughs>